From legendary locals we all know to people you should get to know. Follow Ipswich Today on your favourite app and never miss an episode. Or go to ipswichtoday.com.au Coming up, it's back to the future for Ipswich as a council committee gives a green light recommendation for a new two-screen drive-in. More than 50 years since the first Ipswich drive-in opened at Raceview. Jacko from the Lost Ipswich Facebook group joins me to reminisce about drive-ins. And Council renews its door-to-door dog registration inspections after finding an average of 13.7% of dogs are not registered. It's Sunday, September 13, 2020, and I'm Alan Roebuck. Welcome to Ipswich Today, which acknowledges the traditional custodians of the land on which it is produced and pays respects to elders past, present and emerging. This podcast is supported by Kinetics, people-powered web hosting trusted by Australian businesses since 1999. If you grew up in the 60s, 70s and 80s, you already know what a fun night can be had at the drive-in movies. Almost consigned to history, there are now only two working drive-ins in southeast Queensland. Changing technology and consumer tastes hit the old drive-in business hard. But it seems something old can be new again. And if Council gives the tick to a committee recommendation at its meeting on September 24, then Leader Holdings, owner of Riverlink, can go ahead and build a new two-screen drive-in on vacant land between the old rail workshops and the Bremer River. From Council's Growth, Infrastructure and Waste Committee meeting held on September 10, Development Planning Manager Brett Davey explained the location and proposal. So uh, this piece of land is uh, in behind the railway workshops, uh, RACQ site, uh, Larry Street, North Ipswich against the river. Um, it's for the purposes of some recreation uses and entertainment uses that includes a drive-in um, theatre with a couple of screens, um, some entertainment uses, putt-putt mini golf, Uh, rock climbing, some basketball courts and some other play areas including a private park um, and a twilight cinema. So um, it is being developed with an intention of having private recreation use um, in terms of land use. It's a good use of the land, it's it's flood affected in some parts, Um, it's in behind a precinct that's adjacent to a shopping centre so uh, for our perspective as a land use it's a good outcome. Um, In terms of the highlights there of issues um, the primary issues relate to heritage, so there's a, um, a former railway line that runs through the site, the Mai High Line, which needs to be protected, so we've got some conditions in the approval about that. Uh, and the site is subject to our planning for the Stage 6 Brussel Bikeway, and um, we've preserved that corridor through the site. Deputy Mayor Marnie Doyle raised the preservation of a corridor for the Brussel Bikeway extension. I just have a quick question, um, Mr Davey. I, um, given um, the importance of the Stage 6 Brassel Bikeway um, to not only the cyclists um, within Ipswich, um, it you know is critical to the overall connectivity of, of Ipswich Central, Ipswich CBD. So are you satisfied with the conditions imposed um, on the application that it will give Council, um, you know, sufficient um, powers and and authority? Yes, those powers and authorities are um, for full disclosure connected to the development approval so there is an opportunity for development not to proceed on the site and then we will have to uh, make our own arrangements to access that land in the bikeway so that's just something to keep in the back of your mind. Mm -hmm. Brett Davey also highlighted the zoning of the site. It's got an unusual um, zoning, it's it's kind of a mix of (coughs) 
uh, potential for residential but also potential for other uses. There was a precinct around here that was uh, almost given a bespoke zoning because of the presence of the railway workshops, um, the, the museum precinct and then areas around it. Previously, um, pre the latest flood mapping, uh, more of this land was flood, flood free so it was intended to be more residential um, but this use mix is consistent with the current zoning. Mayor Teresa Harding also commented on the proposal. But it looks like a terrific development. Um, yeah. it's, a, it's obviously adjoining um, uh, Riverlink. Uh, it's a, I think it's tremendous. Um, the parks look great. Uh, the drive-ins, I think it's a great family uh, friendly activity uh, and entertainment area in Ipswich. Um, <coughs> and it still allows for the, the bikeway. The report received the full support of all councillors present. Councillor Paul Tully left the room while the item was discussed and voted on owing to a declaration of interest. Greg Lyons is better known as Jacko around town and runs the Lost Ipswich Facebook page. Thanks for joining us, Jacko. Yeah, thanks, Al. Through your pages, uh, you've heard some stories about the old Starline drive-in at Raceview. What can you tell us? <laughs> Mate, we get lots of stories. Um, I can tell you, I suppose, uh, let's look at the history of, of the Starline first. It was on the corner of Whitehill and Cascade Street in Raceview. Now, um, I'm led to believe it opened up in May of 1959 as a single screen, and it had a capacity of 300 cars. Now, we're talking cars side by side with the old, you'd pull up with the post and you'd lift the old speaker off and you'd throw it on the window and you'd turn it up and watch the movie. So 300 cars in that size was a, a pretty good um pretty good area so yeah you know it unfortunately it, it did close in 1996 and it was demolished in 1997 however the screen stayed there for a long time it was eventually the land was uh, purchased uh, for the use of a an estate and it was uh, turned into a retirement village and that screen stayed there for a long time so it was a great reminder but look Al lots of funny stories and and for those of us in years, and, and yourself included, you always had that little funny story of how you got into a drive-in. <laughs> yes. Or, or, you know, um, drive-ins are such a wonderful place. And unfortunately, you know, people today, you know, the entertainment factor isn't there to go and to want to go to a drive-in all the time. And that's what we did as kids when we were younger, you know. You know, look, I'm going to put my hand up. I've snuck into a driving in the boot of a car, as, as I'm sure you might have, Al. Well, it wasn't that difficult in Townsville where I did most of my drive-in viewing because one of mm. them would just say it was so many dollars per car for as many people as you could fit in. So it kind of negated, <laughs> it negated the need for people to hide in the boot. Yeah, well, one of the funniest stories, um, although it's not Ipswich, but I went to a drive-in, uh, I went with my sister to on a holiday to see her friends in Mount Isa. When we pulled up the drive-in, I'm used to a drive-in where you drive in and you're looking out the front, but they reversed in, I'm going, I'm looking at, at just at the candy bar, you know, projectionist um, complex, I'm thinking, how do you watch it? He said, no, 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 he said, everyone up here, you pull the seats out and you sit out in front of the car. Because so, it's so you know, hot, Jacko. Yeah, exactly. But, mate, getting back to the Ipswich one, there's some great stories of, you know, people that went there, that they um, – it was one of the cinemas. And, and actually, I lived in um, Brisbane, 
and I used to go to a couple in Brisbane, but I actually came up to the Starlight. Heaven knows why. Um, I suppose it was just, you know, another excuse to go for a drive in a car and head up. And But, um, yeah, look, you know, there's some funny little things. I believe the swing sets are still um, owned by uh, members of Lost Ipswich, not necessarily they were sold off, as a lot of gear was sold off when the, the driving closed. Um, but the old Starline, it lives on in some way, shape or form in people's backyards. It seems, Jacko, there was something like up to 50 drive-ins in Queensland. But I do remember growing up in the 70s and 80s that uh, on the north side, as I was then before moving to North Queensland, that there was an incredible amount of interest in going to the drive-in on a weekly and sometimes twice weekly basis. It was the entertainment. You did it. You know, back in those days, there was no computers, no computer games, no no pinball parlours were out there and, and pool halls, and, and we had a few of those throughout Ipswich. Everyone went to a drive-in. You know, it was your Friday, Saturday night entertainment. You also mentioned briefly the Mount Isa drive-in. Yeah. Yes, the heat uh, of the night forced people out of their cars. Yes. Plus, that particular drive-in was designed with a very big outdoor seating area near the cafeteria to cope with that. Mm. Uh, and I, I can actually go the opposite to that. There was a drive-in in Warwick I used to go to, and it had yeah. heaters, and I think it advertised its play itself as the only drive-in with heaters. Wonder how they did it? Uh, in the in the speaker. Well, you you put the speaker in, plus you also put a black hose in, and it blew in hot air. Oh, oh no. no, serious. Oh, that, that's true. True. Yes. Oh, incredible. Oh, oh, you know, Lost Ipswich, and the good thing about Lost Ipswich is, you know, we've got close to twenty four thousand members, and and it's everyone's got a different story and or an experience from uh, whatever topic we put up. And I'm, I was just reading one where um, there was a, a, a motoring redhead movie on one night, as, as they call it. So someone had decided to pour 10 litres of sump oil on the road just outside the exit gate. <laughs> now, that would have been interesting. And I, I don't know about you, but, you know, I went to a Bathurst once and actually got a speeding flight after it because you, you get worked up. You get, you get, you get all excited. revved up. <laughs> Yeah, and so you can imagine all these cars coming, you know, they went to a see a Redhead movie and come out and all of a sudden, you know, oh, beauty, <laughs> hit the sump oil and you can make a lot of noise. You know, funny, funny story. Yes, indeed. Well, I think this might create a new round of funny stories on your Lost Ipswich page, Jacko, because I think the timing of this development in North Ipswich is quite incredible because the application was put in before COVID. So it's not oh, it's not okay. in response to COVID, and and I think the stars are going to align for the developer, and uh, mm. I, I can't see it not being successful because a you've got your social distancing built in, b it's going to have some other supporting entertainment on site, so uh, mm. we can only hope that uh, it goes gangbusters. But I think we should also mention uh, Pastor Fred at the Tivoli Drive-In, who has done yep. an amazing job uh, to, to resurrect the yep. old Tivoli, and it's specific, specifically focusing on family movies. So I'd yep. imagine that uh, both of the driving complexes uh, will complement each other. Yeah, look, I'm sure they will. You know, like you mentioned, Pastor Fred, he does such a great job, and I've had a lot of involvement with him um, and his organisation out there, and, and through work and that. And um, they do a fantastic job for the community and um, for the family. So 
it's really good to see. And as you say, you know, they could complement each other. But I do have one request. Yes. Um, that for the for the developers, they should read our uh, our Lost Ipswich page on drive-ins. Because one of the things that a lot of people said is um, with the star line is they used to jump over the fence or go under the fence and sit in the, the cafeteria and watch free movies. No names mentioned, wasn't me. <laughs> so Look, that's just a warning for the new, new developers to have I, a nice high fence. I'm sure they've taken note. I'm sure they've taken note. And on that note... Uh, Greg Jacko Lyons, thanks so much for joining Ipswich today. Hey, that's all right, Alan. Thanks very much. You're doing a great job. Owners of unregistered dogs, beware. Council is planning to recommence door to door inspections after a report presented last week was endorsed for formal council approval later this month. In the 2019-2020 inspection program, almost 14% of dogs were found to be not registered across the six suburbs inspected. Animal Management Operations Manager John Pukalis gave an overview of the report. Currently, uh, officers can seek permission from occupiers of properties to go in and look for dogs. Um, this program, authorised by Council, gives additional powers to officers to actually enter the property to look for dogs. So um, it, it's only restricted to the surrounding yard, etc., not um, residents, as in the house or anything like that. Yep. But it allows officers to go from door to door and see if there's any dogs on the property and then check our records to see if those dogs are registered. A total of 246 dogs were later registered after last year's inspections and 65 fines issued for dog registration offences. The suburbs of Basin Pocket, Brookwater, Bundamba, East Ipswich, Eastern Heights and Newtown were inspected, making for a total of 2,664 houses door knocked. The suburb with the highest percentage of unregistered dogs was Basin Pocket. The full report can be found on Council's website. Look for the shortcut link in the podcast notes. The 2021 inspections start February 1st. Ipswich Today is supported by Kinetics, people-powered web hosting trusted by Australian businesses since 1999. You can subscribe for free and share this podcast from your favourite app, including iHeartRadio, or play Ipswich Today from your smart speaker. Suggestions are welcome for future interviews and topics. Just go to the Ipswich Today website or Facebook page and leave a message. Music is supplied by Purple Planet Music. This is Alan Roebuck. Thanks for listening. Enjoying Ipswich today? Please share the love on your socials.